You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% on your first order, plus free shipping, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 15% on your first order, plus free shipping. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait for you to hear the interviews that we're going to be doing this month. To celebrate March being Music in Our Schools Month, I decided to take all of March and make it an interview series where each week I talk to a new elementary music teacher and talk about how they ended up where they are and talk about their own music teacher journey. So I'm super excited for our first interview, which is with the wonderful Taylor Nardoni. Taylor is an elementary music teacher based on the eastern shore of Massachusetts. Passionate about giving each student an equitable opportunity to build a love and joy of music, he consistently strives to blend the newest teaching techniques into his practices through technology, movement, exploration, and music production. Taylor is currently in his fourth year of teaching, and guys, I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. So without further ado, the one, the only, Taylor Nardoni. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. I am super excited for another episode of our Music in Our Schools Month episodes all about our music teacher journeys. So today I have the wonderful Taylor Nardoni, and he's going to share a little bit about how he ended up as an elementary music teacher. So Taylor, thank you so much for taking some time and talking with me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. All right, Taylor, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where did you go to school and, you know, where and what do you teach? Well, okay. Where do I begin now? Um, So I went to school in New York State. I went to the College of St. Rose, which is kind of a small liberal arts college. And I actually initially went there for um, a music industry program. And then I switched over to music education my sophomore year because I kind of caught the teaching bug. Um, And so since I graduated, I have been working in eastern Massachusetts and I teach K through five general music um, and chorus. Awesome. And we will definitely dive into your college journey in a little bit. But before we get there, what's something other than teaching that you're really passionate about that brings you joy in your life? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I would say making videos. You know, I have a YouTube channel, so that's something that I really look forward to every week. It kind of keeps me sane. (laughs) So I kind of incorporate that into, I guess, my career because I am documenting my teaching journey. Um, So I would say that is something that's very big for me. Um, I've actually been really getting back into reading recently, which has been nice. So that's been good. Um, And then I guess, I don't know, I guess this is kind of, you know, along with being a music teacher, but I never really have time to sing for myself anymore. So I've kind of been getting into that as well recently. So I guess those three things are kind of what I do besides teach the littles. I love that. I think it's so important um, to 
like just like you said, running out of time to sing, especially now during COVID, the opportunities are a little less. Um, oh my so gosh, I've been enjoying, yeah. you know, just getting to my private lessons a little bit earlier and just kind of rocking out a little bit in the the studio rooms. Which yes, is that's the best. I love that. All right, so let's dive in. Let's talk about your journey and how you ended up as a music teacher. So, what led you to pursue your degree in music, and really, what was that change that? made you decide to go from music industry into music education? Yeah, so it was it was definitely quite the journey for me. Um, I, well, okay, this is my story. So I, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be a TV meteorologist, and I still think I would kill it, not going to lie. But I found my love for music um, and really just my love for singing when I was in the seventh grade. And it was kind of this very secretive thing that I had. I always joke like I had two coming outs. But um, and one of them was my musical journey and kind of opening up about that. And so when I was in high school, um, I actually ended up talking to my family about the fact that I could sing and I'd been, you know, trying to learn on my own. And I had this and still have this obsession with like Whitney Houston. And, uh, you know, she, I essentially view it as like, you know, she taught me how to sing. But anyway, so throughout those years, I loved music and I was so obsessed and I really wanted to go to school for performance initially. And my parents were a little bit concerned about that um, because they didn't think that I kind of had a direction as well with specifically what I wanted, but I was just so passionate about it. So I ended up getting really interested in music industry. And so that's a program that really blends contemporary music, like recording engineering, um, and just kind of the the business within the commercial music world now um, into a program. And so St. Rose was, I think, one of the first schools to really implement that. And I loved my time in that program. Um, but what ended up happening was my first year that I was there in that program, I just like, I caught the teaching bug. I don't even know how to explain it. I literally remember, I think I had a dream one time and dreams can really mess with you. And I had this dream that I was like a high school choral director and like it just kept sticking with me and I tried to swat it away. And so by the end of my freshman year, I kind of had to look in the mirror and be like, Taylor, I think you want to be a music teacher. And I just kind of had this moment where I was like, you know what? I don't think I will ever be fulfilled in my journey as a musician and whatever I do in life if I don't give back all that I love about music. So that's how I ended up switching over to music education. And it was the best decision. So I did that. And then out of college, I got my job teaching music. I love that story. I think it's so interesting. Even within those, those of us that decided that or you know, that kind of knew that we wanted to be teachers or element music teachers from the beginning, mm-hmm. how we all kind of take this roundabout journey to realize <laughs> where we want to teach you know i mean for instance you know so many so many elementary music teachers they really want you know i me included we're like i'm going to be a high school choir director it's going to be wonderful we're going to go to contest (laughs) and then all of a sudden we just get bit by the bug of elementary music and we fall in love with it oh my gosh it's a lab of creation what's better than that oh my goodness i love that that is a wonderful phrase i'm going to say that Yeah, absolutely. No, it is really, it's something where you can just create freely. And I think, you know, when I initially had switched over, like I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I definitely want to, you know, high school's where it's at. But because I also came into the game very late, you know what I mean? Like my music journey publicly started at the very end of high school. So I had a lot of things to overcome. So I was kind of walking into school behind everybody else in terms of their musicianship. So I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, So kind of adding that on top of everything, I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't know if I'll be able to be a choir director. You know, like all of these things were happening. But what ended up happening was I was observing this amazing teacher. I think it was my sophomore and junior year of college. And she was just 
so vibrant and phenomenal. And she was teaching elementary music. And I was like, God, there's so much value here, you know? And I think just seeing the innocence and the joy that the kids have was just so mesmerizing for me. And I feel like the best part about, you know, since I've started teaching about the job is just the fact that, you know, I get like, we get to have like, you know, and I don't know if you teach pre-K, I just teach K to five, but, um, you know, having the kindergartners walk in, essentially having maybe like one or two experiences with music in the past, and they're just walking in fresh, and we just get to expose them to like the world of music is like the greatest thing to watch their faces, to watch them just love it and celebrate it. I love it. I just think it's awesome. Oh my goodness. That is literally my favorite part. So I, I do teach pre K, um, but a lot of the fifth grade or sorry, not the fifth graders, the kindergartners that come in didn't come to the, through our preschool program. So like, just like mm-hmm. you said, they, a lot of them are experiencing music or music class for the first time. And yeah. it's one of my favorite things. One, just everything's magical, but also watching them like grapple with the fact of trying to figure out what music class is, is hilarious. <laughs> yes. I had a kindergartner on her very first le- um lesson this year we were literally lining up to leave like we just did our first music class and she goes mr tarbett when are we going to do music and i look at her <laughs> I'm like we just did that and she looks at me dead straight in the face completely serious and she said but where was the banjo <laughs> i love I that just, so much and i didn't i'm just like you're right we, there wasn't any there weren't any banjos maybe we could do this sometime <laughs> like i just love it like they're literally just trying to grapple and like, yes. like fit what this class is in with our schemas and it is the cutest and most innocent thing i've ever seen i love that yeah no that's hysterical and i've even had kids too that like ask about something very specific and they're like wait aren't we gonna do this i'm like well you know maybe we'll get to it at some point but not today but yeah that's that's such a good point to like grapple with what what the class is you know and i don't know if this is something that your kiddos do but like Every single year since I started teaching the kindergartners, they always think that music class is using instruments. So like for the first few weeks, because they're kindergartners at the beginning of the school year, we don't use many instruments. But they're like, well, when are we going to do music? When are we going to do music? I'm like, like, we're doing that right now. (laughs) I love it. Yes, I know. No, I absolutely get that too. Yeah, we definitely, uh, I have my... uh... My, my moments with instruments in kindergarten, but we go very slow. <laughs> so it's, yes. it's definitely a different type of exploration there. And oh my gosh, it's so funny to watch them. 100%. So Taylor, how did you end up in your current position? Oh my goodness. How did I end up here? Okay. So I, when I left, oh my gosh, people, first of all, we go through so many changes when we leave college. I don't know if you felt this too, but I was like, I'm ready to spread my wings. I'm ready to move. Like... Let me tell you something. There's a difference between visiting somewhere and living somewhere. I will just say that. Um, And so when I ended up uh, graduating college, I thought I wanted to move anywhere but Massachusetts. My family's from here, but I was like, I'm ready. And I ended up applying all up and down the East, um, the East Coast. So I was really, I mean, I literally was applying. I applied to a couple places in Massachusetts, but that was later on. But I was applying from essentially anywhere in like Virginia and Pennsylvania down to Florida. And I probably applied to 25 places, and I'm not even kidding, two places called me back. And one of which happens to be my job, and the other place was in Virginia. So I drove down, I was all excited, I was like, oh my gosh, and I get down there and I was like, okay, wait a second, this is so rural, I don't really know if I would like this because I do kind of need you know, a vibrant area with a lot of people. And uh, they ended up offering me the job, but I was so thankful the other job 
well, the job that I'm at now had offered that position to me as well, because I realized I was like, I don't think I want to move to Virginia. So it ended up being a perfect fit. You know, I'm about, um, about an hour and a half from where I grew up. And it has been, like, I cannot even tell you how much I love my school. These teachers are phenomenal and so accepting. And it's just, oh, it's just a wonderful place to be. And it's just funny how things just work out sometimes, you know what I mean? And completely different from what maybe you would have expected. Um, but yeah, that's how I got there. I love how you brought up, you know, that things kind of work out sometimes because I had a very similar experience. So I actually spent most of my first year out of undergrad outside of the music classroom teaching, uh, doing a lot of special education, um, long-term aid positions and substitute things like that. Yeah. And I have been told by my principal, current principal, that basically what got me, what got her to call me from looking at my interview was that time working with exceptional learners. And it was, it's really interesting to think that I really wouldn't have gotten my job, my current job, had I not had that gap year where, you know, things were a little bit of a struggle, especially financially. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we made it and we we got here. And I think it's really interesting to see the, the journey that took us to where we are. Absolutely. And I also feel like we should, you know, I I think taking a gap year, just even on that like specific note in general is not a bad thing. You know what I would encourage teachers as well. Like if you don't get a job that first year, like, and and maybe this, we could talk about this later too, but there's so many other things you can do during that time. And that time with you working with exceptional learners, like I'm sure gave you such an incredible foundation for what you do now. You know what I mean? So I feel like, like you said, it all just works out and you know, there's blessings and everything. So Yeah. Exactly. I think, you know, what I did, but also so many other ways that you can do, you know, if you take a gap years, it provides a lot of context for what elementary music is or what, you know, whatever your position is, you know, it lets you see more than just what music is in Mm -hmm. school. It lets you see where everything kind of fits in together, which I think is really, really important because we are part of the educational team. And I think it's important for us to understand that so that we can show others the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And to have an appreciation for it as well. You know what I mean? I feel like when you take time away and, you know, you have that time after undergrad, you're studying to do something and then maybe you have a little bit of a different path for that time. It definitely makes you appreciate and value what you want to be going into even more. And like you said, have that context of kind of the whole educational picture and and where music fits and all that stuff. So I think that's awesome. Exactly. So I think that's a really good segue for um, our next question, which is, In your time as a music teacher, what have been some of the biggest lessons that you've either learned or lessons that you've had to learn? Oh, um, well, I've really changed a lot as a teacher over the past four years, I will say. It's funny, I kind of look back and, and, you know, (laughs) I remember my first lesson I ever did with uh, fifth graders. We were singing some very old folk songs, and it it was a very traditional music lesson, which at the time, those fifth graders, you know, did not really buy into. Um, so I, you know, I was very much by the book my first year. And I think over time, I've realized that teaching music looks so different everywhere. And that's a beautiful thing. There's not one way to teach music because there's not just one type of music. So what I've learned over the years is that I was, or, or, how do I phrase this? I think what I've learned is I've, figured out how to bring in my personality a little bit more to the classroom and then cater whatever I'm teaching to that, if that makes sense. Um, And that, I don't know, I guess the biggest thing is that there's just not one way to teach it. So I would say that that's one of them. Um, I think the second thing I've learned as well is 
and I kind of knew this from the beginning, but you don't really until you get into it. Um, but the fact that relationships are the most important thing in our job, uh, and I think it takes a lot of time to build those. And I wish that I, you know, I, I tried my best my first year and we definitely had good relationships that had formed, but I almost wish that I had done even more and had focused a little bit less on the specific content that I wanted to like push out there. You know what I mean? And a little bit more on just gaining the trust of my students, you know, um, and engaging them and giving them an experience. Um, and then I would say that the last, I mean, among the many lessons that I've learned, but one of the big ones as well is that to me, the most important thing about my job is sparking a love of music. And if I don't do that, or if I do the opposite of that, then I've done something wrong. So that to me has been something I've learned over the years and something I really take to heart. And uh, I think I've just, as time has gone on, I've gotten bigger and bigger picture with my job, if that makes sense. Oh my goodness, so many great lessons. Um, so let's touch on those for a little bit because mm-hmm. I cannot agree anymore, especially when it comes to relationships matter. Like we know, like again, I think we all know that, right. but I don't think we understand exactly what that means. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, in the music classroom, we're, we're asking them sometimes to do things that are really weird and really things that they might not have done and vulnerable. Before. Yeah, exactly. And by building those relationships, whether it be something super simple or, you know, over time, they're going to trust you. They're going to, you know, understand that, you know, if I make a mistake, eh, it happens. Um, right. And, you know, it's, it's really going to allow them to feel comfortable being vulnerable, trying something new. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, like, you know, at kindergarten, they're going to follow you pretty much even if you just walk in the door yes. because of the teacher. Yes. But yes. especially once we get into like the fifth and sixth grade, you know, it, it takes some time. And, and I remember my first year of teaching, oh my goodness, my fifth grade, I don't think I've ever told this story, my fifth grade, like I, I still do this project, but it's like a project where that ends on like a performance in like three days. Mm-hmm. And I, it was the first thing I did. Like I just walked in the room and I'm like, you know what? Yes. We're going to do, we're going to perform in groups yeah, of four. Be bold. Like, yeah. <laughs> And after that, I'm like, all right, so that's a second semester activity. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. um, But I also love that you mentioned sparking a love of music, because I think that is really important where when we boil it down, well, yes, there is a lot of incredible content standards. There's a lot of things that we do teach. My understanding my appreciate you know my whole goal is not to create a bunch of people that want to teach music like hey if we get some music teachers out of it that's awesome right but i want them to understand that the arts are important i want them to understand that they enjoy even if they go to be a doctor or whatever something different i want them to still enjoy music and especially now as we're teaching in a time of covid where uh, unfortunately our programs are kind of getting pushed to the side for understandable Mm -hmm. reasons i will say um to a certain degree. Uh, <laughs> my, I've had really had to shift my goal for this year is to keep that love of music alive. Yes, same. So that next year we can get to all the things. Like I've pretty Absolutely. much given up on teaching fa this year. We're not going to get to fa, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> but my goal is to keep them enjoying music so that they they're not shut down. They're not closed off next year so that we can. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. That's exactly like literally in my brain. Kind of the same thing, which is that I just want to keep and foster that love of it. And if we can hold that until times are a little bit different, when we can add in some of those other elements, then I think we'll be good. You know, because one of the things we can't do this year is sing inside, which has really been a downer um, and has been a challenge. So, uh, you know, again, if I can, if I can allow them to like understand and appreciate the full capacity of music and how it impacts our lives. Like, I feel like that's a really important part of our job as well for students to really understand that so many components of their lives involve music. 
And it was funny. I was in a second grade class and they were going over a lesson and, you know, we're on a cart this year. So I was, you know, walking into their class and they were finishing a lesson on wants versus needs. And one of the things they had gone over earlier was music. And the kids were like, well, I guess, you know, like, oh, we love music, but like, wouldn't that be like a want? And I was like, well, think about it, guys. I mean, think about how much music is involved in your life on a day-to-day basis. Anytime you hear music, anytime you go to music, even think about if you're heading, and I'm not even talking about music, the class, I'm talking about music in general, right? Think about how it carries us through those moments and how it adds to a movie or, you know, how, how, you know, perhaps even when you're in gym class, you're jamming out to some music and it's just pumping you up and it's keeping you going. Or if you hear this beautiful singer and performance on TV anywhere, I'm like, it's in our lives. And I feel like we have a really special I don't know, responsibility and job to kind of show them that like it's everywhere and there's so much value. So even like, even though this year has been very different and it's been very challenging, I feel like the perk of it is that we're able to show them in kind of different ways how much music can really impact our lives, even from like the loss of it, you know, as sad as that is. So I I cannot agree more. I've kind of had my eyes opened, especially with my fifth and sixth grade school, um, where, you know, I had kids that I've, I've had for years at this point where I just, I didn't really think that they were involved, you know, enjoyed music. Yeah. I didn't think it was a yeah. thing, you know, which is fine. You know, that, that's not everyone's thing, right. but as you know, because we couldn't sing and because we, um, were online sometimes I've been doing more, you know, talking about, you know, responding to music and music careers and things like that, which that's on me. I should have been teaching that to begin with. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the first one to say that. But it, it's been really cool to see some of these kids blossom in a way that I've never seen. And it really, it was kind of a, a shock. It was a, it was a big shock. It yeah. was like, hey, you haven't really fully been serving these students. And as much as you know, this year has been awful. I, I'm glad that I've learned that those are the kinds of things that I need to keep in my curriculum when we get back to whatever normal looks like again. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. And there's always things like, I feel like the best part about it too, is that every year that we teach, we learn, we learn something new. Like I always implement something new every year because it's like, I mean, I feel like it's impossible for us to fully teach everything, even within those six or seven years that we see them. It's just not possible because music is always evolving, but that's the best part about it. You know what I mean? So we just take what we can and, you know, we kind of evolve as things change and, you know, we bring in cultural elements that are going to make them, you know, kind of understand the world a little bit better. Like part of what I think, I don't know, I feel like the importance of elementary school or the importance of the job in general is that, you know, we kind of are starting to shape their perception of the world. Like once they get to high school, it's starting to make sense a little bit more, but like at the very foundational level at like K one, two, even, you know, up again, all the way through, um, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're shaping their viewpoint and, you know, we want to shape it also through the lens of music and culture and how that, you know, how it, how it is so involved in our lives on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like every single year I always, there's always something where I'm like, oh, that just went down the drain. You know what I mean? Or I'm like, I'm going to bag that. I'll add this one in. And, you know, we just kind of roll with it. Exactly. So I know we've touched on this a few times, but during your time as a teacher, a music teacher, what have been some of your biggest challenges? Um, my first year was classroom management. That was very hard. Um, my fifth, my fourth and fifth graders were a huge challenge. They really pushed back and there were a lot of behaviors. So even just getting through things were tough. And granted, if I, I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight is 2020 or whatever, but if I could go back in time, I would change so many things about the way that I taught, but that's part of the process. Um, so that has taken a lot of time for me. And I think now, again, you know, even, even 
touching on relationships, you know, we don't really have an understanding of how much relationships or how important they really are until you've done it for a couple of years. And then you can really see like, oh my gosh, like this kid, like we've grown up with this, this student. I'm like, wow, like they just have a respect for me now that like I never would have expected. You know what I mean? Um, so that's been really cool to see, but that was a huge challenge my first year. Um, I will, I'm not going to lie as well. I, I would say that my voice has been a big challenge. Uh, maintaining vocal health has been a lot and kind of understanding what my limitations are um, and making sure that I'm not doing too much with the students. I have a tendency to go a little above and beyond while singing with them, while doing like just, yeah, you just want to do everything with them. And sometimes I forget that, you know what, we can pull back for a second and let them do it. I actually, I will never forget. I had a student, a third grade student say that to me once in class my first year. It was hysterical. They were singing and I was just singing with them. And she kind of comes up to me while everyone's singing. She goes, let us do it. We can do it. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) You know, I love that. Yes. It was amazing. And I was like, you know what, this saves my voice. And that's right. They need some independence on that. So kind of learning that balance. Um, And then I would say, I mean, among many other things, kind of, you know, the development of what a well-paced lesson is takes a lot of time. I think that we, or at least for me, I had a tendency to be kind of like an energizer bunny my first year. (laughs) I was just constantly moving and I didn't really appreciate and value the peaks and valleys that we can have in class and the really um, strong learning moments that we can have while students are watching something for a few minutes or while they're reflecting on something or doing a quick turn and talk or something on their own. They need time to absorb on their own. It's not just, it can't just be direct instruction the whole time. So those are all things that I've learned, you know, and I think it, it's just, it just evolves over time. And there's things that I'm learning every single day, mistakes I keep making, you know? So we just, we just, again, we just kind of roll with it. One thing that it's kind of an unintended consequence of how student teaching and music works just because of the schedule of music in the schools Mm -hmm. is that we don't see, especially at the elementary level, you know, typically we teach the same lesson like once a week or, you know, whatever the rotation is, but we don't. So because we're teaching the same thing, we don't have, it's not a daily change. So most of the change and most of what we're learning, um, especially as, you know, like, just like you said, we're constantly learning things in here and picking things up happens when we get in the music classroom, because it's really our first time really having this long overarching kind of period of time for us to learn um and again it's it's i don't know what the, if there's any answer to fix that but i think you're just right we just need to understand that even even if it's not your first year of teaching you're still going to be learning you're still going to pick things up and you're still going to be getting surprised by things that you're like wow i should have i feel like i should have known that earlier right oh yeah i mean we're lifelong learners absolutely and i remember that one of the best teachers i ever observed she said to me she goes you know i know you're thinking to do in your masters at these you know big schools she goes i just want to let you know the best experience you'll ever have is in the classroom and she was so right you know i mean we can learn everything in school but until we really get in there and do it it, it's tricky. You know what I mean? It's it's tricky to really know everything. So I agree. And I think there was a little bit of pressure. You know, I didn't really love my student teaching experience, to be honest with you. Um, I had some great teachers I worked with, but um, it, I put, I maybe I put a lot of pressure on myself of thinking that I needed to be this fully crafted music teacher by the time I left. And I was not, um, but I ended up just fine. And so I think, you know, it's important to kind of keep the narrative going that like, you're not perfect when you leave student teaching. And that is one small piece of a massive puzzle. I wouldn't even consider that a piece of the puzzle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just one thing to kind of prepare you and at least show you a little bit of what it's like. But, you know, you learn as you go. And I think part of what we have to do as teachers is, you know, really trust ourselves that like, you know what, we have a passion for this. We love this. And this is something that because of that, like we will get better with over time. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's something we need to make sure that we're comfortable of, especially, I mean, even right now, you know, during the time of COVID, 
so many of the things, so many of the things that we've learned aren't things that we can use right now. So we're completely right. reinventing the wheel. We're completely totally. learning new things. Um, and it's just, it's quite a crazy time. <laughs> it really, I, yes, I 100% agree. <laughs> so Taylor, in your time teaching, what have you learned about how music education fits into the holistic education of our students? Well, they, you know what? They need it to really understand the world. And I just keep going back to that. I think especially now they need it. They need to understand how music is such an integral part of our lives and how, uh, you know, not only do we just rely on the arts for pleasure, but we rely on it for like our mental sanity. You know, I think it, even even diving into the concept of like music therapy a little bit um, and understanding how it can really impact the brain and our development. Um, I just think it's so important. And I think it's so important for kids to just... I don't know, just to get that full picture of it, you know? I feel like we'd be doing such a disservice if we didn't get to show them all of the beauty of music within the world and how it adds to the beauty of the world. And I remember one of my professors in college said this once, and she was, oh my gosh, I miss her. She was amazing. She was um, actually an older woman. She was in her mid-70s, and she had such a beautiful voice, and she always had such wise things to say, and she just kind of sat us down one day, and she's like, you know, guys, studying music makes you better citizens. And I was like, boom, there's the mic drop. <laughs> you know, I was like, right. that is it. And it's so true. It makes you more compassionate, better understanding, and just well-rounded citizens. And that's what our education program is supposed to do, prepare us to be citizens of the world. So without that, without music, I mean, I don't think we can adequately do that. Wonderfully said. I, again, I've been so surprised by how music and music education can really teach those social emotional learning skills like mm -hmm. empathy and, you know, teamwork and things like that. And I, I think that's something we, we, we can't dis we can't downplay. We have to make sure that we're acknowledging that, you know, music is incredibly important and music education yes. is important, but there's so much more to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. All right, Taylor. So where can we find more of you on the internet? Uh, well, I am on Instagram and YouTube, and both of my handles there are the Chronicles of Teacher Tay. Uh, I'm pretty frequent on Instagram, and I post on YouTube every week, just kind of documenting my journey as a music teacher. Oh my goodness. And if you haven't checked those out, I will be sure to link all of that in the show notes because you need to. Um, so Taylor, thank you so much for taking some time talking about your music teacher journey. Um, I really appreciate you. Yes, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.